don't know about you this morning, but I'm excited. Anyone with me? <laughs> I, was, I was woken this morning by my two-year-old daughter. <laughs> she came running into the bedroom um, yeah, and jumped on me, <laughs> woke me up. Uh, and then, obviously, Deard Prinder. It was Happy Father's Day. It was just amazing. And then um, I had some presents, which are always great. Do you want to know what the presents were? <laughs> I had some Iron Man pyjama bottoms. <laughs> just want to leave that image with you there. <laughs> and then I had some Avengers Assemble uh, face wash and shower gel. There's a bit of a hero theme going on here this morning as well with the chocolate. I'll grab some and put them with them uh, a bit later on. But I'm excited. You know, stories are awesome. Um, and just recently, before I talk about delays and disappointments, I want to start positive. Um, stories are incredible, and Joseph's story uh, can impact us so much. We can learn lots through it. Um, but this morning as well, at our next service, we're going to hear some powerful stories. Four people getting baptized and their stories uh, of what God is doing in their life. The transformation he's done are incredible. Um, and just again, last week, stories. This guy's giving their life to Christ in church and then God's moving outside of church and people are giving their life to Christ. I love hearing about people's stories of what God is doing in their lives. And for me, you know, it's a real privilege to be at the start of so many people's journeys as they discover who God is and how God loves them. Stories are powerful. You can't argue with a person's story. You may have questions about God, and that's fine. And I want to encourage you to keep asking those questions, to keep exploring them. But you can't argue with the transformation, <laughs> the change in a person's life when they give their life to God. You see, life is precious. <laughs> it's the most valuable gift God gives to us. And believe it or believe it not, he wants you to enjoy it. <laughs> life is not a dress rehearsal. <laughs> it's the real deal. You're not supposed to live it in the dressing room. You're supposed to live it out on the stage. The Bible tells us that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But it's often the case that we just endure life, isn't it? That life just happens to us, or that life can pass us by. But God wants us to embrace life, to embrace him, and then live life to the full. Disappointments and delays can hinder the life that God wants you to live. Disappointment and delays can hinder the life that God wants you to live, but only if you let them. You see, we have a promise from God that he works all things together for good for those that love him. We're in the second week of our teaching series, and we're looking at the life of Joseph. And many of you may be familiar with that story, as there is a, a musical about it. And the band Luke did a fantastic job of that song from it earlier. And we're going to hear more stories earlier, uh, later um, this morning. And some stories on my own are going to be intertwined um, with this talk. But I want to inform you, Joseph's story, it's a real one too. And you'll find it in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. That's the first book in the Bible. And we're going to pick it up from chapter 37. So that's Genesis chapter 37. 
And what we already know about Joseph is that he was a dreamer. A dreamer from a dysfunctional family. He had three stepmoms, one brother, one stepsister, and ten stepbrothers, and a father who favoured him the most. Some might say that's a recipe for disaster from the outset. But despite that, God gave Joseph a dream. He gave Joseph a dream for his life. And despite your family background or your circumstances, I want to say that God has a dream for your life. <laughs> Some, Leon spoke uh, earlier, last week, sorry, a lot about dreams. And today we're going to look at the next part of Joseph's story. And what happens when your dream or Joseph's dream became a nightmare? We'll pick the story up in uh, chapter 37 and verse 17. And as you find it, Joseph's father, Jacob, um, had sent Joseph to, to go and to his brothers who were grazing their sheep um, far from home. Jacob had sent Joseph to see how his brothers were doing and then report back to him. Joseph already had a reputation of being a telltale. And how many of you know that if you have a sibling, it's often the younger one <laughs> that gets you into trouble? So Joseph... Joseph catches up with his brothers who are already jealous of him. But here, as we look at the next few passages of scripture, that jealousy grows into something much bigger. Verse 17 says this. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Then verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and they threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So we see here, we see here that jealousy turns to hatred and hatred into wanting to murder him. Which goes to show that if we don't deal with some of this stuff, it can grow into something we can't control. Joseph is thrown in a cistern, which is another word for a pit. And the plan was to leave him there to die. The dream that Joseph has not had has now become a nightmare. Life is literally the pits for Joseph. As it's his own brothers who plot to kill him, the very people who are supposed to love him, to look out for him, to have his back in times of trouble. If that's not disappointment, then I don't know what is. <laughs> to be let down by your family is one thing, and possibly something many of you have experienced here this morning. But to be left for dead... Well, that's something else. If I was to ask you here this morning as well, um, if you've ever been disappointed in your hands, to raise your hand, I think everyone would do that. <laughs> There's no avoiding disappointment in life, but how you cope with it, how you cope with it is crucial. Some Christians think that if they have enough faith, faith that they'll never face disappointment. I want to tell you that that's a lie. <laughs> you see, faith in God doesn't stop disappointment. Faith gets you through it. 
But the problem is with that is that we often get disappointed with God instead of giving our disappointments to God. (laughs) I'll say that again. The problem is that we often get disappointed with God instead of giving our disappointments to God. And I've learned that the hard way. Hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? And that's why I love stories. Stories in the Bible and Joseph's story is an amazing one. And something I have um, a lot in common with. And I'll pick that up uh, a bit later. But so often when we give our disappointments to God, God works through them. But often we don't. (laughs) Instead, we're disappointed with God. It's about 20 odd years ago now. And I was introduced um, to God through my family. I was a teenager. And I was going to church for a number of years, and things were great. Things were fantastic. And then you know the story. I've, I've shared it many times before, and I'm only going to pick it up um, a little bit. But what happened then was a close friend of the family, um, a, a, a girl a similar age of me as, as me. She was 15. She, she got cancer, and then she passed away. During that time, we prayed for God to heal her. But it didn't happen. That stage, I was 14, and I was disappointed but instead of giving my disappointments to God, I was disappointed with him. And that changed me as a result. I grew hard. I didn't want to know a God that I thought didn't care. And I went off and did my own thing. You see, I was disappointed with God. (laughs) And like I say, you know how my life transpired did my own thing and and, and made many bad mistakes and and, and wrong choices. But now I'm glad to say that I'm back in a relationship with God and I've learned to give my disappointments to him instead of being disappointed with him. And I want to share a recent story, a story that happened just last week. Um, We've recently moved to Hales-Owen, Closer, we move on closer into Hales Owen. And some of you know the story um, of that itself and how God provided um, that house. It was an amazing blessing. You know, God's timing and provision is incredible. And how many of you know that God writes great stories? <laughs> the Bible tells us, doesn't it, that He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. So we just moved house. And in the same week, our car MOT and tax was up. Ouch. And money being really tight with a move and everything else, uh, myself and my wife, Dee, we prayed. (laughs) We prayed that the car would sail through the MOT (laughs) because we couldn't afford a big bill. The day of the MOT came. And guess what? The car failed. (laughs) The car failed. Not only did it fail, but we had the biggest bill we've ever had for an MOT. It was £315 just to get through the MOT, uh, but the advisory requirements was 430 <laughs> Granted, there are much bigger disappointments in life, but I'm being honest here. I was a little disappointed. And as I picked Dee up from work that evening, I shared the news and how disappointed I was. Um, And what she said next was profound. She should be up here, (laughs) not me. She said she was disappointed with the situation, but not disappointed with God. And she suggested that we pray about the situation as soon as we get home. 
And as soon as we got home, we prayed. And instead of being disappointed with God, we gave our disappointment to God. We left it for that evening, but then needed to make a decision the following morning to what we were going to do. The following morning, as we were discussing what to do, I had a text message from someone in this church who'd recently had a tax rebate and felt prompted to bless us with that. The amount of that tax rebate was £427. Not quite the 430 <laughs> that we needed. But we could totally afford the £3. <laughs> How good is God? You see, we get to see what God can do when we give our disappointments to him and when we're not disappointed with him. There is a hindrance to this, though, and that's delay. You see, we often want prayers answered immediately. And when they're not, we take God's silence as a sign of his absence, which then leads to further disappointment. It may feel as if God's silent sometimes, but the promise we have and the promise Joseph knew is that God will never leave you or forsake you. Whatever circumstance you're going through or will ever face, I want you to know that God is with you. Joseph experienced disappointment after disappointment. After being thrown in a pit and left to die um, by his brothers, he was then dragged out by them. And um, they sold him to some passing travelers who were on their way to Egypt. And when they arrive in Egypt, he's sold again then as a slave to Potiphar, who is the Pharaoh's, uh, who was one of the Pharaoh's officials. And we're going to hear more about that story next week. But what I want to say here is that while Joseph didn't have a clue what was going on, he knew he could trust in a God that did. The only thing that Joseph had possibly going for him was his relationship with God. But at the same time, it's the only thing he needed. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. We can often think that we're in the middle of our disappointment. God has forgotten us. That we'll have to just stick it out and wait till it's over. That nothing good is going to happen. But I want you to know this. That not only is God with you in your situation, but you can be happy. You can make the most of your situation. And also that God can bless you in that situation. You see, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered, the Bible tells us. How many of you know, though, that before things get better, they often get worse? And this is the case for Joseph. Just as, just as things started to look better in his life, he is falsely accused. Falsely accused of something he didn't do, and he was thrown into prison. Another disappointment for Joseph to face. But how he deals with it is amazing. And what's also amazing is that the first thing we learn as Joseph is put in prison is that the Lord was with him. Genesis 39 and verses 20 to 23 say this. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. 
So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph, Joseph, and he gave him success in whatever he did. This, <laughs> this is the part of Joseph's story I can really relate to. And actually, I think it's a really stereotypical that I've been given this subject to talk about. Those that know my story know that I was in prison for a short period of time. But I also knew that the Lord was with me and that he shown favour to me. It was an amazing time for me where my relationship with God went deeper and further than it ever had before. I learned so much about the character of God. And during that process, my character totally changed too. See, people often go to prison and then find God. But I've always done things differently. I found God in a really difficult time of my life. But then I still had to go to prison as a result of what I did earlier. But was God still in control? Most definitely. And actually, what he did for me was make me a stronger Christian. You see, trusting in God during the tough times reminds us that you can trust in God all the time. God wants us to grow. Um, God wants us to grow and use us through difficult times. And by the time I'd left prison, I'd shared my faith with numerous other prisoners. I had the opportunity to pray for a couple of prison wardens. And God used me to encourage a Catholic priest who said he really wanted what I had. I said I wanted what he had too, which was to go home every night. (laughs) I want you to know this though. Don't ever think that you can't be used by God in your disappointment. You might be going through it for that very reason. You see, God often puts people around you who are going through something similar at the same time as you in order for you to help each other, in order for you to call the best of each other and to focus on God. What's amazing for me is that because I went through that situation, God has given me a heart for these people. And they're the ones I ultimately want to reach. I want to encourage you to always look up to always look to God in your disappointment and then to look out to look out for others who may be going through something similar getting back to Joseph's story this is what he did see some scholars say that Joseph could have spent anything from two years to 13 years in prison most go with the estimation of 10 which is a life sentence in today's society. I don't know how you cope with delays in your life, but spending 10 years, 10 years in prison for something you didn't do, while still waiting for a dream to come to pass that God had given him as a teenager, that requires trust. But trust is something that Joseph had in abundance. And how I know that is because while Joseph was in the middle of his disappointment and delay, in his waiting, he reached out to help others in a similar situation. 
the cupbearer and the baker. You see, when you know God is in control, there's nothing you have to control. You can take your eyes off your own situation and you can help others in theirs. Joseph knew that God had a plan for his life and that plan was greater than anything he could hope for or imagine. And it's something he held onto, which enabled him to keep keeping on. A.W. Tozer, um, he said this, it's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. That's a tough statement. But there's something in our disappointment, in our pain, that draws us closer to God if we allow it. C.S. Lewis, he puts it another way. It's what he calls God's megaphone. And he says this, God whispers in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. He shouts in our pains. Delays are sometimes good for us. You see, God knows the bigger picture and he knows that we may not be ready for the things that he has for us. And as it's not his intention for us to fail, God sometimes protects us from ourselves. He protects us from getting there too soon. You see, delays help us to trust God and not rely on our own strength. Our character is refined as well as we wait on God. Every trial we go through shows us something about ourselves that we didn't know before. God is always doing something deeper in us than the situations around us. See, there's a resilience. There's a resilience that God wants to build in us. And when you have resilience, which often only comes through going through some stuff, you know that quitting is never an option. And we can all use Joseph's story as an inspiration for our own. And as I come to a close, I want you to know this. You see, when you know Jesus has overcome everything, you can come through anything. Jesus knew what it was to be disappointed. His closest friends let him down. (laughs) They let him down often, the Bible tells us. His own father had to turn his back on him. But he endured that because of a greater disappointment. The greater disappointment of not knowing you. Of not having a relationship with you. See, that disappointment led Jesus to the cross. Where he gave his life for you in order that that relationship could be restored. To avoid an eternity of disappointment. And I don't know where you are on this journey It may be your first time in church this morning. You maybe have come in for a number of times. But to receive this, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. To accept what he did and accept him into your life. And then to turn from the life you have now. And then to trust him. To trust him with the remainder of the life you have left. And then you'll spend an eternity with him. An eternity without disappointment you may be here this morning and you have a feeling that life's there's more to life than this that you know you have a dream inside of you but it's not being birthed yet you're not living your life to the potential you're not living it to the full you know there's something more it may be that you've been invited here this morning 
It may be your first time, but what's been said here has really resonated. And if you want to explore things further, I really want to encourage you to do that. We've got an alpha course starting shortly, just after the summer. Come and chat to me about it, and I've got some information that I'd love to pass on for you. It may be also that God's already spoken to you as I've been speaking, and you've been coming for a while, and you think you're ready to take the next step. Then I'd love you, then I'd love to help you to do that. If you come and see me after the service, I'd love to chat with you and then maybe pray with you. And then for everyone else, I want you to know this, that there's no disappointment you can't overcome. No delay that can keep you from where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you here, when you face your next disappointment, give that to God instead of being disappointed with God. You see, we may have disappointment and delays in life, but we overcome them by holding on and then keep keeping on. We hold on. We hold on to the promises of God. We keep holding on to them, trusting that he has a purpose and a plan for our life, a plan to prosper us and not to harm us, that what God has started in our life, he will bring to fruition. He'll accomplish that all things work together for God, for good for those that love him. That he'll never leave us or forsake us. We also know that his grace is always sufficient for us. And then to keep keeping on. As I said earlier, quitting is not an option. There's a resilience that God wants us to have. And that pursuit of resilience never ends. You see, it's a lifelong calculated adventure. But it's an adventure that God is on with you. And as you keep keeping on, you will push into all that he has for you. Why don't we pray? If the bands want to come back, why don't we stand and why don't we pray? Father God, Father God, I want to thank you that there's no disappointment in life that is bigger than you. Father God, that there is no delay in life that will keep us from where you want to be. Father, and I pray, Lord Jesus, as we give our disappointments to you. Father God, as we give our disappointments to you, instead of being disappointed with you. Father, we'd grow through them. We'd see you at work through them. Father, there's something much deeper going on in the midst of our disappointment. And Lord, you're calling us to grow. You're calling us to look up. You're calling us to trust in you. So Father God, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, that we'd be just be reminded of Joseph's story. Everything came good in the end. And Lord Jesus, everything in our lives will come good at the end. But Father, we'd ask you to speak. We'd ask you to speak right now. And I just feel prompted that maybe some of you just going through disappointment in your life. And it's hard. And it's tough. 
and you may not be able to see God in it right now. But I want to encourage you that he is. You may not be able to see it for yourself, but I want to tell you that there's people around you that will stand with you. But it's often that we run away from God in these situations instead of running to God. And as I said earlier, it's sometimes that God puts people alongside you when you're going through that situation. And I want to encourage you to rely on them, to ask them to speak into your life, to pray, to ask them to pray. If you're in a difficult place right now, if you're facing some disappointment, I'd like you to sit down, just to sit down and then the people around you, I don't want you to ask what it is. I just want you to simply put your hand on them, to stand with them and to pray for them. Pray that they would know that God is with them. So if that's you, as you're sitting, as you see people sitting, just put a hand, go to these people and pray with them. Pray for that resilience. Pray for that strength to keep keeping on. Pray that they would know God is with them and that God will work and can work through their disappointment and delay. I want you to know that God is concerned about every single detail in your life. There's no disappointment too small or too big that he doesn't care about that he wants to get involved with. But we have a choice to give them to him. And as we do that, when we do that, we allow him to move in that process. So open up. Continue to open up. Give your disappointments to God. And now as we head back, we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to thank God. We're going to trust that he's in control, that he's working despite our disappointment, despite the delays that we may face.